We have a special gift this morning. Pastor Willem and his family, his wife Celeste, and the boys and the girl, they're all here. They grow every time I see them. You pass your brother up and you feel good about that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you feel real. He's got you in the weight department, though. He better not get you on the ground. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but it's good to have Pastor Willem back. He's always full of faith. Every time he... Every time he comes around, I mean, he's like my uncle in the Lord. I mean, Pastor Bubba's my spiritual father. He's like Pastor Bubba's spiritual brother. So that makes an uncle, right? <laughs> Pastor Jacob's my papa <laughs> in the Lord. <laughs> Pastor Villain's my uncle. So it's good to have my uncle in the house this morning. And I'm, I'm just so excited. Every time Pastor Villain comes, he just leaves a deposit. And we always are better off after he's come. Amen. So I don't know if you came expecting this morning, but if you didn't come expecting, you need to start expecting right now for God to do something incredible. Amen? So this is going to be a South African Holy Ghost filled message from a, oh, yeah, come on. Come on, Pastor Willem. Y'all give it up for Pastor Willem now. Hello, hello. May God help all of you that don't understand South African English. Uh, um, at least, at least look like you understand something. Okay, um, it's so so good to be with you. That's fine. That's hard enough. I'm, I'm, I still need to grow in height. I want to say. Um, I want to just, Lindsay. Would you just come and stand here with me? You got a you got an angel in your midst that came all the way from Texas now, so uh, uh, I especially have my Texas boots on for her. But it's ostrich, so it came from South Africa, got it in Texas, and uh, some Texan pastor gave it to me. This girl was amazing. She came there for what two months, and she was out of this world from the Eunice Church. And we want to just say thank you, Doug, your wife, your Little brother, thank you, Hero, for allowing her to come. She was awesome. We wish you have more than people like this. And we also had Alex a year ago, so two years ago. So, I mean, it's not that we uh, not are not aiming towards that. But I just want to celebrate the Eunice Church. Uh, thank you so much for sending a missionary. Um, we uh, we pray that the time would have been extended to from two months to two years to 20 years. And... <laughs> Something like that, but you're awesome, awesome, awesome. We just love you, appreciate you. Thank you, Pastor, for sending this great woman of God. Okay, so we're looking forward to when you doctor and you come to South Africa to help us there. Okay, come on. <laughs> now, uh, I, wanna, I just want to quickly let my family stand and let me just introduce them. I don't have a picture of them now. This is a live picture. This is Shamaray. Stand decent that we can see you. Okay. This is Shamaray. He's my second son, Julian, the Joker in the family. And he's coming to um, Oral Roberts University next next fall or whatever. Going to come there. Uh, and then my wife, Celeste. I've got the powerhouse with me. Celeste is going to help me later. And my youngest one has grown, DeAndrew, D. And Anne Monique is just with her friends. That's all she's interested with. I want to be with my friends on the farm. So, <laughs> whoever has a farm, she's just got this idea of being on the farm. 
We brought some books with us. Um, promise you, uh, by next time, we will have the new book release, which is called Activating Faith. Um, and I'm really trusting God it's going to touch your lives. Uh, but this is a book, a story about silent vengeance. Most of you have read it. And uh, today, just because of Christmas, Thanksgiving, you can, uh, if you want to have, want to have one, want to give one, you can just give a donation, whatever you feel in your heart, okay? So, um, so that's not that you need to pay for it in a way. If you want to have, if you don't have money, it's fine, okay? But we want to, we want to touch your lives because we believe that the message in this is, is really strong and it can touch your lives. Amen? So, um. Um, I'm so excited to be here, Pastor Jamie, Cheryl, amazing family, anointed and appointed. And uh, uh, you need to return a favor if I'm your uncle in the church business, then uh, you need to come to visit your uncle sometimes, okay? Please, please come, okay? okay today, I, I tr- I'm trusting God to leave a simple but a profound message in your hearts. And I'm trusting God that will something in your lives will be dropped, some some truth will be imparted. At the end of the service, we're going to pray and trust God for God to baptize many of you in the Holy Spirit and to empower you to be powerful witnesses. So at the end of the service, we're going to trust God, praying with people, that each one of you that doesn't have a special prayer language, we're going to trust God with you for that. And God wants to empower you. Let's just pray, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this church. We thank you for multiplication coming into this church. We thank you for what you've already done, how you're multiplying, how you're succeeding. Lord, thank you for the influence and the impact of this church in this city and the surrounding areas. And Lord, we just rest our case in that, just being that you have died for us so that we may live life, live life abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. If you can turn your Bibles, I theme this 100% Christ. If you can turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. I'm going to read a few scriptures for you. And uh, thank you, Cody, for helping me there. Colossians 1, 27. Now this is a, this is one of those treasure scriptures, it's like treasure hunting, understanding a mystery, a special, it's like a Christmas gift. You see this big gift, when we came into the hotel yesterday, my daughter saw the Christmas tree and all the Christmas gifts underneath. She asked, is that for us? I said, you have to wait for Christmas to see if it's for us or not. But she was very excited because there was something wrapped and something inside is special, it must be for her. This is the scripture in the Bible that is the Christmas tree wrapping or a gift package around. Something special for each one of you. Paul is writing, says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that's two ways you can see this. Meaning that there's a mystery, and a mystery is this, that Christ is in you as an individual, but Christ in you as in plural. And in the African context where we come from, we, we have this word Ubuntu. Can you say with me Ubuntu? 
Ubuntu means I am because we are. I am because we are. While in the Western mindset, many times it's I am because I am. You know, I am. Um, so the race doesn't influence me. But in the African context, it is this thing. My significance is there because of who we are. And this scripture is saying that it's Christ in me, the hope of glory, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. So in a corporate place, a place of being together, that's a place of being anointed. And I know I know maybe Christian television is big, it's, it's, it's huge in, in Africa. You get literally hundreds of channels now of Christian television. And I, I know sometimes it's not as big here. Um, it's big, but it's not it, all of you watch those. And many times people feel, well, I can just watch or listen to Joyce Meyer or get a tape or CD or, or DVD, and that's enough to be connected. But God didn't make us with DVD machines. Uh, we, are, we, are not, we are not iPads. We are, we are humans of the God kind which need to be plugged in, connected to other people. And he wants us to be connected in a local community of believers. In, in the Dutch word for, for church, which we use, ecclesia, is, is called gemeentehuis. It means it's a community or a, a chosen group of people. It will be like the councillors of the, of the city, the elected ones. So when he talks about the church or the community of believers, he talks about those who are elected, not just elected to present people, but to make choices and make laws and set the standard of the community. So when we come together in prayer meetings, in times like these, we actually have a, a council meeting deciding what is the tone or the culture of our community. But to be empowered, we know that we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now in the mirror translation, you won't find this in a bookstore, but you'll find it on Amazon and the Kindle um, version. The mirror translation, it says the following. Colossians 1, 20, 28. Thus is the essence and the focus of our message. We awaken every man's mind, instructing every individual by bringing them into full understanding, flawless clarity, in order that we may prove, present everyone perfect in Christ. There needs to be awakening. And I've seen a picture, like I had a death experience a few years ago. A month, month ago, I went to the Ukraine and felt for me, felt like I had a life experience. As significant for me as dying. And coming back to life. It was so significant for me. Seeing in a community what the impact of the gospel, the good news of Christ can be. What is understanding of Christ in us, the hope of glory can have. And how we can change the surrounding areas, the impossibilities. We can change them. And so I want to leave three things with you today. The first thing is God has a plan. Do you say that with me? God has a plan. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, 
that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Now, some of you hear that, you think, oh, you know, I'm not holy. I'm not without blame. But that actually means in original language, it means to be set apart, to be different, to be unique before him in love. So it means that each one of you, even if you're a twin, when you look to each other, look at each other, you will see we are different. But in that difference, it's actually an expression of God's blessing. Saying that He chose us before the foundation of the earth to release us in a time such as this to be a blessing to other people, to change our society. I know you just had your election and and I know in the south there's some emotions. I just came from the north, from New York, and uh, they have different emotions than you have. And so it's a little bit different emotions wherever you go. And uh, and so, but, but I want to say, you know, they have the saying, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Something like that. I want to say, whatever happens in D.C. stays in D.C. Because you are the chosen elected ones. You cannot... Let somebody determine just because you might like or might not like the president, might like the congressman or might like the congresswoman or might like the way they're doing it. You are the tone setters. You are supposed to set the atmosphere. What is beautiful and well, I brought my family this time. I wanted them to smell Christmas. I know you won't understand this, but for me, I, I understand this. When you go into places, it all smells like apple cinnamon. I know you've got all these little fragrances throughout the year, but you just smell Christmas. When you go into places, restrooms, everywhere, it smells Christmas. You've got a Christmas smell. Now, there's a fragrance that Christ has put inside of you, the fragrance of Christ. And that means Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. And the impact of that will mean that his anointing, his fatness, his, his grace is a yoke-destroying, burden-removing, release the power of God, anointing in people's lives. So your life cannot just be a nominal Christian for Sundays. You cannot just be somebody that, that knows God and sings the songs, go through the motions, have the right books, but you don't live this life. This mystery, this present this gift that god has placed inside of you it's too powerful just to die there's something inside of you and it's christ in you the hope of glory the whole society is waiting expectantly for that fragrance to be released like i was expecting and trusting god for the for the finances and for the breakthroughs to come that i would bring be able to bring my whole family bring them to dc and we Went to New York and was a was a dream. Some of you, that's stupid. Why do you do that? Because I want I want them to see a memory. I want them to experience life together as a family. There's something I want to imprint something into their lives. That they will remember. Well, we were in this building. Well, we saw the White House and we saw this for our own eyes. We saw this, and we did what, what my dad said. It's going to snow. We drove into New York. It was starting to snow. 
we don't have snow in, in South Africa. We had the first time in August for 25, 30 years, 50 years, 50 years in Poch, drizzles of snow. And so when we drove into New York, it was snowing. And we stepped out, we smelled Christmas. It's a memory. It's an imprint. But this is, that's, a, that's something that can fade away. What well, should be strongest, the imprint of Christians, the anointed ones, the yoke destroyed, the burden removing, power of God releases in society. Those who have fragrance inside of them. Corinthians talks about the fragrance of life to those who are being saved. And it talks about a fragrance of death to those who are perishing. Your life should be have, have more impact just to know the Christian rituals. Just to know through the raising of hands. There must be something more inside of you. Jeremiah 29, 11. We love the scripture because we, we, we read it and we give it on cards. And it says, For I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and hope. Now, most of us are very excited when we read that scripture because we talk to the individual. But that's actually speaking to a corporate body. For I know the plans that I have about you, the Ubuntu, the corporate group, the ecclesia, the chosen ones. I know the plans. And listen, God was saying this to people who were oppressed in a nation in exile. They were in captivity. And he said, but I know the plans that I have towards you. That if that's something inside of you, bumps into something inside of someone else, and it rubs off, it starts to get a fragrance of life and abundance. And the society cannot say the same. The families cannot say the same. The impossibilities have to bow their knees before the living God. The mountains have to dissolve before God. You know, and nothing wrong with that, but we train our children more in the Captain Americas, the superheroes, the Hulks, the whatever is the Spider-Man, Batman, and they have a bigger revelation of through television of the supernatural than we can give them an understanding as Christians. We are not just mere humans. We're not just here to love. Colossians 2.15 says, He has disarmed the principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Here's what you need to know. is that the enemy has been overcome. We sang that song. That's just a nice tune that we sing. It's an understanding of life. That life has been placed inside of you as a treasure. And that life is called Christ in us, the hope of glory. You know, Jesus came to the earth, but he became Jesus Christ, the anointed one. But he said, I cannot stay with you. I have to go. But I will leave Christ with you, the anointed one with you, my spirit with you, to empower you to see places changed inside of you. The second thing is, God gave you everything 
that you need to live this godly life. You don't need anything more. You don't need more money. You don't need more people you know. You don't need to live on a different side of the city. You don't need to have a different passport. You don't need to have more education. All those things are good, but it's not that will make you significant or make you successful. You know, many, we work with college students, and many college students go and study something that their parents decided for them to study because you make a lot of money out of that. Many young people just want to get married. I was just going to find a husband or wife. Just want to find a husband or wife. That in itself cannot be a purpose. It cannot be a life's goal. It's understanding what God has placed you here on earth for. What is that God-given purpose? What is that God-given plan for your life? And so what God has given you is two things. He's given you, each one of you, life. And that life contains a purpose. And the second thing is, it's giving you one of the most precious resources that we waste so easy. And that's time. It's not money. It's time. Do you know that if you waste 10 minutes a day of your life just doing nothing, killing time, you're actually literally killing time, killing it, you will cut seven years of your life. Just imagine if you watch the whole night football. The only thing you will become, you will become a good couch potato. Maybe a referee, but you will never know how to play the game. Because you will always watch it from the side. And that's how many Christians have become. They come to visit God. They come to see God. They come to... See what the church has installed for them. They come to be serviced like an oil change. And instead of understanding they are the oil, they are the light, they are the life that society is waiting for. It's inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it's giving you a purpose, each one of you a special purpose. There's a great book of Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life. It's a great book. Easy read. Let me just talk quickly about purpose. Joel 22, verse 20 to 28, it's not on a, on a projector. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. God has given you, when he poured out his spirit, two things. He knew older people would like to sleep more. And younger people would like to be awake more. He just knew it. So it's fine. So he said, for the older people, I will give dreams. For the young people, I will give visions. But whatever you want to have, you can experience that. Let me just explain this by an example of some a favorite preacher of mine. He said the following. Many of us say, well, you know, I, I cannot really... I'm a facts person. I need to see something before I will believe it. Let me explain that God has put something more inside of you. He has given you ability to envision things. 
Okay, so I want to ask you for a moment um, just to close your eyes and to see if you can, have you envision a pink elephant? See if you can see a pink elephant. If you can see one, just raise your hand. Well, most of you can see a pink elephant. You can open your eyes again. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever seen in your life a pink elephant. No, no, nobody has seen. But when you closed your eyes, you were able to imagine a pink elephant. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to give you the mind of Christ to envision a society change, a family change, finances change, a life change. People get healed. Things change before you. He doesn't want you to see the possibilities. He wants you to stand before the impossibilities and thank him for that, that you can say for that impossibilities, that thing has to bow its knees before the living God. He made you for that. When he made Jesus, he gave him his purpose. This is his purpose statement. In Luke 4, 17 to 21, it's not a projector, and maybe you can find it. It says, he stood in his, his hometown. He says, Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed his book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes, they love the scripture, they love the statement was set on him. And he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your midst. He knew. He was not surprised by the enemy's attack. He was not surprised what about the time slot. He knew he had a purpose to come and set captives free. He knew he came to heal the sick. He knew he came to raise up an army of believers. Not a great group of spectators. Not a group of, of couch referees. He knew he raised up an army of believers. Do you want to see Eunice change? You know, it's not more prayer, more money. It's you discovering what God has placed you here on earth for. And then spending your time in that resource. And stop worrying about missing out. Always thinking, well, I should be there. I should be here. I'm not in the right place. When you're here, enjoy it. Enjoy life. In Africa, we have this thing that people, you have some of our services, you have to be, have a long services because people walk. Walk to get to church. Miles and Miles. And they have this thing in African time, which is very frustrating sometimes because people will come two or three hours when the service is, is get, stop, already running. And they will come, and when they're there, they say, we are here, we are on time. Because we came on our time, and we're now on time. It doesn't matter if you're here before us, we are glad. And then we'll stop the service and start to celebrate all those who just joined it. And I will even invite them to come and say hi. We just thank you for those people who came all the way from there. Just come and greet the church. And that will continue because it's, it took them quite a while. Now, some of them forgot that when they got cars, 
they can get there on time. And I still want to be late and come greet the church three hours afterwards. That's a little bit crazy. So we just have to teach him. You've got a car now. You don't walk anymore. You can get on time. This little thing on your arm is not an ornament. It's actually an instruction mechanism. Use it. I'm going to use mine for you. There's a purpose. And there's a time. What you invest your time in will determine where you will go. You know, many of us say, well, I don't have time to read. I don't have time to study. No, you, you just have purpose. Because if you, you know, you can be, how old are you? 13. Now, I bet, I know you, you're a clever young man. But I bet your mom sometimes have trouble for you to read some books. I said, just have, well, maybe not you, but your friends, okay? Your friends. Maybe you are a good reader. And the common thing is, just read that book. Read that book. I don't want to do it. But when you have to figure out a game, and you're stuck with a game on your PC or whatever you're playing on, then you go on the internet wherever you can and you search and you read and you read and you research until you find the what is I look at you because I know that's what he he doesn't read a lot, but when he has to reach for games, man he reads. He reads like he's becoming a professor in reading. He knows all the clues, all the hidden treasures, all the gaps and gates that you can use for that thing. Because he wants to discover something that is stirring his purpose. And when you discover what God has placed inside of you, then you're not a young 13 anymore. But you can discover that you are made to kill giants. You're made to change nations. There's something inside of you that God wants to stir. And I want to close with this. We are not just mere men. And let me explain this. In 1 Corinthians 3, you know, many times we say we are just, oh, we're just human. We're just human. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but to as carnal, as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. Until now you were not able to receive it. And even now I'm still able. We're still carnal for their where there are envy, strive, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? It talks about if your behavior is still purposeless, if your behavior is still without understanding the call that you have in your life, without understanding the, the grace that God's placed on your life. Now, I know some of these things, and forgive me if I, uh, I say something political incorrect. Forgive me beforehand. Okay, I'm... I'm an African, so I'm not, don't always understand the total thing. But when Mitt Romney and Barack Obama had a private lunch moment, and a moment of sort of, sorry, I was so bad to you in public, and forgive me, and let's eat his grits or whatever together, and have some moments, a fine moment together. The gesture of the president and Mr. Romney coming to the president 
It's a great way of showing reconciliation. It's a great way of showing I'm not acting mere, as a mere opponent anymore. But I'm not acting in the statementship that I have been called to. If you don't like him, it doesn't matter. But the thing is, there's something you raised up to be not just the opponent anymore. But understanding I'm now elected as president. I need to start to act as president. Colossians 3.1 in the message says, So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life in Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes absorbed to the ground with things right in front of you. Look up and be alert. What is going on around Christ? That's where the action is. So there's a place of, of looking away from all the problems, all the little things that you're facing right now, and looking up and seeing the purpose and looking at your time. So I want to spend time in this purpose. You know, and I've got a, I've got a promise for each one of you. It doesn't matter how old you are. Psalm 103 was a life psalm for Celeste while I was ill. Verse says, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. People struggled with Medicare, Obamacare, Medicare, all his cares. But if you remember that Jesus says, cast all your cares upon me. Understand that the only healing plan, the medical plan you really need is his plan. The only person you really need to get elected in your life and get king in your life is Christ in you. You're not just mere humans. You are of the God kind. He says, who forgives all your iniquities. Pastor, you just need to know, I'm just struggling. I'm just a, a, a local Cajun. We, we, we're, not, we're simple people. We, we're like, we're like our, all, all these interesting foods, which will th- seem like I'm cursing when I, I'm to mention all those things. The easiest one is gumbo, which is not a cursing, but at bam, boom, 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 that's the thing. Ooh, that's dangerous. Man, don't bless me to give me one of those. Give it to somebody else you want to bless to. That's too dangerous for me. Oh, Lord have mercy. That thing is, is dangerous. You so, so many times I can be and say, you know, I know some of these people don't understand what I'm saying. Because my accent is so difficult. And I can stay and make excuses for what, where I come from. Or I can step up into the call. That God has placed inside of my life. And trust God. That anointing will be released. Even if my words is strange to you. But there will be anointing released. And that anointing will touch your life. And will break burdens. And remove yokes. And bring you to a place of empowerment. I cannot make an excuse for where I was born. For what I experienced. I have to live up when I was born again. Into the Christ-like nature. Into of the God kind. I cannot make an excuse just because we don't have a lot of this or that. I must live up to the new standard. The standard of living Christ in my society. 
Don't let anybody ever, Pastor Jamie, ever, ever just label our Savior's church in this city as one of the congregations. See yourselves on Sundays as the elected one, not as the above the rest, but as those who make decisions here. We raise our hands, things are changed. We commission people to change and get to people that our captives will be set free, that the blind will see, to heal the brokenhearted. Change the city. Go for those who are nobody else want to go for. Don't go for all the church, nice church people. Leave them in the churches. Bless them. Go for those in the gutters, those who have more needles inside of him than, than anything else. Those who don't, people have lost hope in, and you go there, and you trust God, that you will lay your hands on them, and you will share this thing. God has a purpose for you, and you need to spend your time with That's the only two things you need to release in love. God has a purpose for you. God has got a purpose for you. Your life, you cannot waste your life any minute anymore. There's something special. Who, who heals of all the diseases, redeems your life from destruction, and crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth will be renewed like an eagle. I want to close with this. I really trust God that you will renew youth today. Like an eagle. Some of you are old in years. Some of you are old in your minds. You grew tired of thinking. Something else is thinking for you. It's either the, the telly that you said before, it might be your internet, your Facebook. Seeing what's happening on other people's lives. It might be whatever you have, but but that starts to determine who you are. I know some of you are great hunters and you love to hunt. And I know this is a very painful weekend this weekend because it's your it's a season where you cannot hunt. Am I right? It's sort of ending today or tomorrow. And then you and then generally you can start shooting ducks again or whatever. Someone, something like that. I don't know. So I know for my friend, Pastor Baba, it's dangerous. It's killing him to sit in church and hear quacking outside. And I just think, man, that's, that's cruel and unusual punishment to hear that thing going. May the purpose of God be like that. Where you see a need, you know God has raised you up to see that need. May you, next time we see a need in society, not go out and say, Pastor Jamie, when, when is the church going to change something about all these people around us? When are they going to do something? Instead of asking him what to do about it, say, can I just get two or three of you who are interested in touching those who are using drugs in the city? And let's get a plan. Let's study something. Let's see how drugs are going to change. Let's see how we're going to change this problem in our city. Instead of waiting for God or people or the government to change it for you. 
God has placed you as an angel, agent and angel of life in this place. Live it, live it, live it, live it. You know what Jesus did? He didn't just leave people. He empowered them by giving him their spirit, his spirit. So let's would you maybe come and share a minute about this. And Pastor Jamie, are you playing on the piano? Or my, can my son can, can you play? Willem asked me just to um, quickly just remind you of the Holy Spirit, what God says. Why is it so important? In John, Jesus said, um, I'm going away and there's going to be a lot of trouble and things around you that you won't be able to handle. But don't be afraid because I'm sending somebody much better. Um, I'm sending the Holy Spirit and he's going to be with you. He's going to be the one that's um, prompting you. It's time to go now. It's time to do something and to give you the courage and the boldness to do something. It's, I don't know if you've ever been in a place um, with our children. I've found that many times that I might have, have the vision or something to do it. But um, if they are there, you know, they can kind of prompt you, um, do it now, mom. Can't we, you know, go and ask now or uh, exchange this thing. And they're prompting you. And the Holy Spirit is actually not just like your child. He's actually the authoritative figure there um, wanting to prompt us and remind us to do the things that God has told us to do and giving us the power to do that. The glasses first. Um, We've seen that the Holy Spirit was the sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 verse 4 that Jesus said, this signs will follow. One of the things is a new, a new language, a new prayer language. And this is like our secret code that we have. The first Gentiles that were saved received the Holy Spirit over 20 years after Pentecost. There were still some of the disciples receiving the Holy Spirit in Acts 19. And... The one main thing that stands out for me in Luke 11, it says that if you as a child go and ask your dad, dad, I want a bread, he won't give you a, a stone. If I, I want an egg, he won't give me um, something else. And then he says, if you as a child of God ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give you the Holy Spirit. It's not a reward, it's a gift that he will give us the Holy Spirit. And so many times I've seen Christians thinking that I must first live up to a standard before I can ask the Holy Spirit. And he said, no, this is a gift. This is a prerequisite to live this life, that you need the Holy Spirit. You can't go without it. Your mind will not understand what you are saying, but your spirit is speaking mysteries to God. It's like an internet connection that you've got and is downloading things that you can't literally place in words. He said this and this and this, but there's a knowing that this is what I want you to do. So every time um, we've got a situation in our house that you're looking for something, and it's like my mind, I can't remember where I put something or I can't remember um, what it was that I needed to do. Every time I speak in, in my prayer language, it's like the Holy Spirit downloads something and it bypasses my mind and it opens up everything that the Spirit wants me to remember. So if we're looking for keys which is a very practical thing. Um, I tell the kids, or the, if they're looking for something, it's like, pray in your prayer language, because the Holy Spirit can remind you of things that your mind has forgotten where you've placed it. 
So, so many times if you walk in a society and you walk in a place and it's like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I'm just walking around and I'm praying in my prayer language. The Holy Spirit can remind me, this is what I, that I want you to know. This is what I want you to say. This is what I want you to, to think about in this situation. So that's why it's so important that it's not just my carnal mind, but my whole spiritual being is opening up if I pray in my prayer language. Uh, you're not mocking or cursing Jesus. And so many times we've seen with the college students, um, they, they're afraid to speak in tongues. It's like, maybe I'm cursing God. He said, if I ask the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit, God will give me the Holy Spirit. I'm praying something that is not understandable in my mindset, but God's got the real program. I don't know how many of you have downloaded something on in, off internet. And then when you open it up again, it throws out all these little faces. I don't know if it's just the African one, you know, and it's like, I can't read this document, but if I download the right um, reader, okay, now all of a sudden I can understand that. God has got the right reader. So for my ear, it might sound like funny words, but God's got the right reader. So every time when I pray, I'm praying in a heavenly language that God can understand. The enemy doesn't understand that, but God understands that. And the Holy Spirit can can communicate what's in my heart. They can understand the things that's in God's heart and download something that I've got a bigger understanding than I had before. Um, and then when I speak in my prayer language, I'm just not, um, it's not just information going. God is edifying me in Judah, Judas 20. That's the Jude 20. It says, build up your faith your most holy faith when you pray in prayer language. So every time we get into church, it's like you're using our charges to charge your cell phone. Um, you might get some power, but you know what? Every time I speak in my own prayer language, it's like I'm plugged in to the heavenly source and I'm getting built up. I'm getting charged. The Holy Spirit is influencing and full, filling me up. And that's why I'm being constantly full. Every time I pray in my prayer language, I'm filling up so that when I'm out in the street, out in my community, out in my job, there's a demand. The Holy Spirit can just freely flow. And I'm constantly built up. So when we pray with you and we want, um, if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you don't speak that often, we would like to just speak with you. It's like a car being charged. You know, maybe you need just some extra battery, you know, to, to just um, reinforce that again and just pray with you. So that's the first people we just want to invite to come in just to the front. If you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you don't speak that often in your prayer language, we'd like just to, to pray with you and, and to, to encourage you that this is the, one of those tools, how you get the, the purpose out in your life by just flowing in the supernatural. And then we would like to pray with you if you've not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I mean, okay. So Jamie, we're going to... We're going to pray for people and give the service over to you. And just, um, do you want to say something, sir? This is just a moment where, for yourselves, if, if you, I know, I know most of you in this room, you've, you've either been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've, you've never received your prayer language. This is a moment for you to do that. Amen? Like Celeste said, it's just, it's just asking him for a gift. It's a gift. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to to shy away from, this is the spirit of God you're asking for. Think about it. 
It's a precious gift that he wants to give you to empower you to fulfill your purpose. We all want to fulfill our purpose, right? You know, you can't fulfill your purpose on your own, right? We need help. And so if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we invite you to come forward. So would you stand up with me right now? Just in this moment. never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you want the Holy Spirit, I'm just asking you to come forward right now. If, you, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit but you never got a prayer language, just come forward now. Listen, don't, don't stand there and miss out today. Amen? A couple weeks ago, I asked, I asked Ms. Mona and Ms. Dora, I was praying for her and, and I, she, said, she said she wanted to give her life to Christ and, and I just in my spirit, I knew that the whole family wanted to come. So I just looked at them and I invited every one of them up and they came up and that day 10 people gave their lives to Christ. Come on. There's nothing kooky, there's nothing weird, just come on, they make room, just come spread over. Somebody will pray for you, y'all make some room. Scoot this way. this opportunity pass you by today. I'm just inviting you to come. For those of you that are filled with the Spirit and, and you may have a prayer language, I just, just pray. Just pray. Don't be ashamed. Don't be scared. Don't be frightened. Maybe you've not met Christ before. You'd like to introduce, be introduced to Christ, to give your life to Christ. I'm asking you to come forward.
those of you who are in the front, you can stay where you are. For the, for the rest of you, thank you so much for being here. Um, there's one thing I do want to do before we, before we leave. I just want us to show a little love to Pastor Willem and his family. You know, this is how we do as a church. This is what we do. So if my ushers could, could you prepare and just give. If you need to go back to your seats to give, whatever you need to do. We'll hang out a little bit afterwards and, and stay here if you want to and, and um, just continue to pray for people. So. Villa, we thank you so much for you and your family and the precious gift you've given us. God's given us in you guys and, and your children and everything. I've seen them grow and just a great reflection. And so thank you so much for being here. Just want to honor you and bless you. So let's just let's just receive it. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit is a gift. It's a gift unto us, Father. It empowers us, Lord. Thank you for the gift and the nails that you've given us, Father. And then, Lord, you've, you've brought them here today to just deposit and, and pour something out into us, Father. I just pray for resources for them. I pray that you'd bless them as a family. I pray that, Father, their vision and their purpose for being in, the, in America this, this season, Father, would be fulfilled completely and even overflown, Lord. And, Father, I just pray that, that, Lord, you would just touch them in the next year of their lives, Father, that, Father, you'd pour out a greater anointing and a greater spirit and a greater power upon them. And I thank you for this day, Lord. And I pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Would you stand up with me this morning? Come on, can we give Pastor Villam and his family a big hand clap this morning? Come on. Thank you for being here. Listen, if you want to hang out afterwards and you want to talk to Pastor Villam or you want to, you need prayer for anything, we don't want to just stop here and, and, and just call it quits. But I know some of you might, might want to go somewhere.